Welcome to Sarian Strategic Partners Podcast, a podcast focused on pre-transaction planning strategies and commentary for founders, entrepreneurs, and executives. Our team's mission is to help ensure that you obtain the maximum net value from your life's work. We work with you to develop pre-transaction planning strategies to help position you for personal financial success by identifying key tax, estate, and gifting issues prior to a sale or exit of your company. I'm your host, Greg Sarian, CEO and founder of Sarian Strategic Partners. So Lisa, thank you for, for your time today. And as you and I were speaking in preparation, you know, really the potential increase in tax rates affects holders of equity, holders of company equity, whether they're founders of a company or an executive of a company, public or private, really in some significant ways. And maybe we can just talk about a couple of the ideas that, that executives and owners might want to think about in advance of potentially higher tax rates to, to do some forward-thinking tax planning. You know, one of the things that jumps out at everybody is the increase in the top rate, going from 37 to 39.6 and lowering that to people who are $400,000 and above would be subject to that higher rate. Um, you know, what's your sense of the, the likelihood something like this happens and what are some things that people should be thinking about doing today? Well, thanks, Greg. It's great uh, to be with you here today. So thanks so much for inviting me. And I think you're 100% right. I think, you know, 2020 has been a a grueling year for a lot of reasons for a lot of people. But as we're teeing up um, and getting toward the end of the year with the election pending, people are getting very focused on their tax posture and, and, and the questions of what to do for this year. You know, it's interesting in the tax world, um, there's this notion that if we can get deferral of income and acceleration of deductions, it's always the best strategy. Well, I think, you know, consistent with 2020 being unprecedented, you're going to see that we, uh, you know, if the election goes a certain way, and and candidly, I I think also either way the election goes, there seems to be a lot of discussion that, you know, there's this kind of lingering sense that rates are going to have to move regardless. But I think, you know, you're going to see an interest of people maybe doing the reverse of that. Are they going to start accelerating income into 2020 and hold those deductions for 2021 and forward? Because if rates do go up, those deductions are worth more in a subsequent year, but try and scoot that income. So, you know, as you know, if you have people who have equity in a company, I know a lot of times people look and say, well, hey, I don't want to exercise my options until I really need to. Well, I think, you know, you're going to see some people doing some modeling and running some scenarios and really trying to understand if the rates move significantly and it's, it, you know, and it's the top rates for sure, but it's also things like the impact of the social security rate being on, you know, re-uncapped if, if you're over that 400,000. So, you know, you might look at it and say, hey, there's a couple percentage point movement in the rate, but if you start tacking on that, you know, you're back in the land of having to pay social security, if you're making over 400,000, you might see some individuals that choose to do that modeling and say, hey, maybe there's a tolerance here maybe there's a um, break-even point at which it might make sense to exercise some of that equity and uh, and see if we can get a jump on uh, getting that income into 2020. I agree. Uh, bringing, rev- bringing income in and moving deductions out, which is completely contrary to what we normally suggest people do, makes a ton of sense. And even, Lisa, a lot of executives have IRA 401ks from different companies they've left behind. That IRA to Roth conversion makes a ton of sense if you expect to be in a higher 
higher bracket going forward. And with the SECURE Act eliminating the stretch IRA, I think that IRA to Roth uh, is, is another, another sound idea to consider. The also the big one that's that people are talking about, executives talking about, Lisa, is the increase in the capital gain tax. So right now the top yeah. capital gain tax is 20.3%, 20% plus the 3.8 for the healthcare. And for those earning over a million dollars, that would go to 39.6 plus the 3.8 or 43.4 for that overage right. above the million dollars. You know, what should equity holders, uh, private or public, you know, think about who, who could be subject to those higher capital gains. And I agree with you, given the size of the deficit that we have and the lack of an appetite to cut spending in Washington, I think these tax rates are going higher at some point in time. Yeah, I think it's an interesting year for people, too, because, it, you know, you mentioned two classes. You mentioned those that hold maybe equity in their employer, and then you have others that maybe are, uh, you know, business owners and those flow through business owners. So, you know, some of the business owners might have had a, a little bit of a rough year. And if you've got um, less income or even maybe some losses coming out of this year flowing through, could be a real opportune time to look at your portfolio. And, I'm, I, you know, I'm sure you're used to harvesting losses at the end of the year for folks to try and kind of match up where they're going to be. Well, again, I think we might see an inverse of this year. We might be looking to to book those gains and get those gains into 2020 um, so that we know what the rate is and then hold those losses into 2021 and look at see and see whether if rates do go up, end up going up in 2021 and forward, those losses again may, may be more valuable in a future time frame. So it's really, you know, it's that kind of, um, you know, my kids used to have this phrase opposite day. I mean, I kind of feel like we might be living in an opposite year this year because all of those traditional things that we do as we gear up to year end are really right. going to, I think, kind of be the inverse of those discussions. But you're right. I mean, people are talking about it. People are looking at it. They absolutely should be talking, you know, with their wealth professional. They should also be talking, obviously, with their accountants because they think, you know, there's some very good modeling that can be done here yeah. to have them ready. You know, I, I think what we're hearing is no one's going to pull that many triggers before year end or I'm sorry, before the election. But they definitely are going to look, um, you know, kind of post-election, probably, again, whatever the result is. And say, okay, what's the crystal balling look like, and 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 where do I go from here? You know, one of the ones that's been really well received, Lisa, is is using those appreciated assets for gifting. Meaning, you know, a lot of a lot of executives are in that sandwich generation. They're they're helping their aging parents with yep. expense living expenses, and they're helping their adult children with expenses too. And you know, remember, if you're helping someone over 24 years of age, there are, there's a lower capital gain bracket, even a 0% capital gain bracket, depending upon the level of income. So rather than just writing a check to that loved one, moving some of that embedded gains to stock or equity um, is something that's really worth considering. Another one that's concerning to uh, a lot of people building wealth in a business or a company is the change in the estate tax. And, you know, right now that exemption is uh, $11.5 million, or a couple can pass almost $24 million onto their heirs tax-free. Um, you, you know that that sunsets at the end of 2025 to $5 million each for a combined 10. But there's a, a lot of discussion, too. Is that going to drop to five sooner than later? Is it going to go to two? So then there's some exposure. You know, How are you helping clients think about what to do in advance of that change occurring? Well, I think the first thing I would mention is um, if you're looking at doing any gifting, the first thing I think you need to do is reach out from what I'm hearing to a valuation professional and get them under contract to help you before you're in. Right. 
um, because we're hearing a lot of clients are going out and you know getting if they don't if they're not public equities right if they're not a re readily accessible um, value of those you know again if they're in a closely held business a family business or whatever really looking to monetize um, and and pursue those gifting strategies you know we also are hearing that some people are going to you know just flat out look to sell and you know we, we're working with a client now for example whose view is they want to try and get through LO, you know, to LOI by the end of this year and then look at the beginning of the year to close it. And their hope is that, you know, the COVID stimulus acts, et cetera, that need, need to take place kind of fill up the top of the year and rates get pushed, any kind of move, rate movement gets pushed till the end of the year. But I absolutely agree with you. I think looking at um, the level of a, an amount of wealth that can be moved um, right now and moved without, you know, adverse tax impact or estate tax applying, you know, is, is a very significant sum of money and could be very meaningful to, to either, you know, somebody, again, who's building their own kind of first generation wealth through, uh, you know, employment options or that type of thing, or who has that multi-generational wealth, really looking at those strategies and, you know, the, the, all the various trusting, you know, and, and some people will say, well, we're not quite ready to turn the reins over. Well, you know, as you well know, there's a variety of different structures that can be implemented to allow the parents to still retain control of those assets and oversight of those assets, but move the economic benefit of those to, uh, you know, to the next generations. We see more interest than ever in things like grantor-retained annuity trusts, spousal lifetime access trusts. And, and what's interesting, Lisa, as I read this, it appears that there's no imminent clawback provision, meaning if, if a client is, is well Correct. over that $10 million today and the credits drop to 10, they sort of have this, this window of opportunity to, to, uh, to give and then stay, try to get under that 10 at a later point. Yeah, and that's been a question we've been getting a lot. I mean, obviously nobody has 100% certainty, but I think you know, we're, we're of the same mind as you are. Right now, what we're hearing is the law is the law. Um, and as long as you're, uh, you know, adhering to and 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 um, within the boundaries of that law, but again, I think that's that's time when you know really look at that professional team that can can help you out. A well-documented, high-quality um, valuation, especially if it's uh, you know not a publicly traded portfolio that you're looking to move, I think could be an interesting strategy going forward. You mentioned in our earlier discussion about kind of how you're thinking about state income taxes. Lisa, what do you think people should be expecting in terms of state income taxes, and what are some ways we want to try to continue to enhance our state tax efficiency? Well, it's interesting. So from a federal perspective, the, um, the, the conversation still ends up being a lot of if, if Biden gets in, if Trump gets in, but there's still, you know, there's another round of stimulus, and the, it's still a lot of if, if, if. I think our, you know, kind of our view on the states is becoming, it's not an if, it's a when. The states have funded an awful lot of the stimulus activity. Their revenue is significantly down. You know, here on the East Coast, we have a lot of states that are driven um, by hospitality and or sales taxes. Those are obviously way down because retail is way down, restaurants, hotels, et cetera. And then we also have people that have lost their jobs. So, you know, a lot of people were able to, you know, um, migrate, work from home. But there still are an awful lot of people, as we see from the unemployment numbers, that flat out aren't earning um, and, and therefore not paying income taxes. So the states have a big hole. We've, we've got 12 so far, around 12 at this point, that already have pending legislation that would increase their income tax rates. 
Um, we see other states rates, you know, probably going up and being looked at as well, the sales tax, the business tax, that type of thing. But I think, you know, it, an interesting planning idea there is, you know, a lot of times when you look, people live in what will, you know, get categorized as tri-state areas. You know, here that may be, you know, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York, or it may be, you know, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware, that type of thing. And we're already seeing people, especially people being who are able to be moved either because their kids are all, you know, out of the house for those empty nesters or because everybody's doing remote work now and, um, and may have some flexibility to continue that. But for example, if, you know, you're living in New Jersey, you know, maybe looking across the river and saying, is, are the state rates in Pennsylvania kind of um, more enticing, especially if we think those rates are going to um, go up and move significantly. So, so I think you're seeing people start to wrap, you know, it's not just about managing the wealth, but I think you're starting to see people that are also looking at the tax posture of a given state tax jurisdiction and saying, hey, maybe I, maybe I should, you know, kind of vote with my feet and see where I can get to the lowest state rate. Again, is in, in a move to maintain that that wealth and uh, and and keep it, you know, on on their side of the balance sheet rather than on the states. And I think for for Pennsylvania residents, the majority of the families we serve are Pennsylvania residents. I think if the rate were to go up above three percent, it makes even more sense to consider that education improvement tax credit, which is a way to divert your right. PA tax dollars. And then, of course, the 529, which allows Pennsylvania, allows a state income tax deduction for those contributions, which would be even more significant in a higher rate environment. So, Lisa, we really appreciate your time and insight today. Thank you for your help with this podcast. It was terrific to be with you. Thanks. Seren Strategic Partners is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Sarian Strategic Partners and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no express or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data or other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date reference. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of Sarian Strategic Partners and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.